was there for me at a time when I really needed it. And I won't get into too much details, but if you want to, you definitely can. And, and he's done that for other people as well. And, and Mike's a real cool dude and I'm proud and happy to call him a friend. So uh, Mike, thanks for joining me. And uh, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I uh, had, had a really good day. Great weekend. I uh, got, got to do a little trick or treating with my uh, three-year-old daughter yesterday this was probably like um, the best Halloween that we've had because she, as she gets, is getting older and older and older, she's having more and more fun with Halloween. And so uh, I, get, I get to experience that with her, man. I get to see it from a whole different level. So it's been pretty cool. What'd she go as? Uh, so she, again, this year, she went as Marshall from Paw Patrol two years in a row. That's, that's <laughs> oh, wow. like her, that's like her favorite. Um, it's not even her favorite show right now, but it's her favorite costume that she has. Okay. So, um, and the, I think the day before or two days before at preschool, she just dressed as Elsa. Like she just wanted to wear an Elsa dress from uh, Frozen and wore a crown, just <laughs> wore that to school. So awesome. um, that's that's my daughter, <laughs> my uh, my daughter, Emily. She's nine and she went as a princess and she picked yeah. out the costume and it looked really cool. I, I haven't put any pictures on my Facebook. I'll have to do that. But uh, yeah, that that's awesome. And uh, three years old, that's that's so cool. Did you guys get to go last year? Uh, we did, yeah. Okay, because yeah, so, I know a lot of people. It was canceled here. Like, yeah, so we're on a we're on a military base, and okay. so and our the pandemic was fairly controlled here. So our base commander gave us rights fairly quickly. Not I don't want to say rights. He gave us, <laughs> you know, he opened things up a little bit quicker than maybe the the surrounding cities opened up. Um, what was still with some pretty, um, good restrictions, but something like Halloween is so important to the community. They didn't want to take that away. Um, but they had, uh, they had certain rules, like you had to stick to your own neighborhood. You had to stick to your own neighborhood. Um, you couldn't really like, you had to give the kids the candy. The kids could not put their hands in like to the candy bowl. Like you couldn't just leave that out. So they, so they had some COVID protocols and they had, um, they had some of the, um, the kids are some of the uh, airmen, uh, security forces airmen, kind of walking the beat a little bit, making they weren't really like enforcing anything, but you know, just kind of walking around, and everybody was on their best behavior, so it was cool. That actually, we we when we took Emily out, we had the bowl out, and I didn't even think about that, but we just put it out and let kids, you know, grab whatever. And we we <laughs> I don't think we had too many because the bowl was still pretty full when we got back, and we only went around around the street. And Emily doesn't eat, even eat candy, so it's really cool. I got I got a ton of candy. <laughs> That was yeah. awesome. And some chips and the rest we're going to give to our little grandson. So he's about the same age as your daughter. So, oh, awesome. Um, so I like, I don't know. We didn't really talk because I kind of want to be surprised on this. Is Did you just want to talk about your daughter and Halloween or did you, <laughs> did you have anything in mind that you wanted to talk about? Uh, you know, I, I, I really didn't, you know, you, you, you brought up a, um, a situation, um, that, you know, something that, that you had gone through mm-hmm. and, um, and I just it seemed like you're a little down one day. And I was just mm-hmm. like, um, I was like, we were kind of sharing comments back and forth. Like, screw this. I'm calling him. Yeah. And I, I think, I think that's so important to, to do. And it didn't take any time, like hardly any time out of my day. I was actually driving somewhere. So I was like, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't really hurt me to give another brother a call just to make sure that they're doing fine. And it turns out you were doing fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you, you never know in the situations because I, I, you know, recently at what, within the last couple of years, I lost someone pretty close to me to suicide mm-hmm. and I didn't know this, the signs because I'm active duty military. I don't live around a lot of the people that I grew up with. And so I had kind of lost touch with this person a little bit. We had kind of kept in contact a little bit over the phone, but really had grown apart. And so I didn't get to see what they were going through. And one day I just got the call that they had committed suicide. And so I, you know, anytime I see if, if somebody's, you know, having some issues or maybe they're a little bit down, it doesn't really take a whole lot out of your day to send them a nice message or to even call them, which is what, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I've done for you. And I, 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 I have done with some other people. Um, I, I think that's, you know, uh, it's kind of our responsibility as adults and, well, I, and as good brothers. I will say, like you said, oh, it turns out you were doing okay. And I would imagine relatively speaking and probably maybe to where you thought I might've been based on the comments that you had read, I was doing okay, but I was really not doing okay. Um, and, and your call made a huge difference in, in my day, in my, you know, in my life at that moment. 
um, I was really down and, uh, and it just helped that somebody called me, you know, and, and somebody that, you know, like we've, you know, we've, we converse online, like we talk every day probably. And, uh, you know, we've, we've done podcasts together and stuff, but like, you'd never called me. I'd never called you. And, but like you said, I mean, it's real easy to do, <laughs> you know, you just yeah. pick up the phone and call <laughs> and we don't get a lot of phone calls anymore. So when somebody calls you, it's, it really means something. Um, I, there was, it was actually the night of, um, the, oh, what, what pay-per-view was it? It was um, all out. No, yeah, that, but that, but it was last year in the May pay-per-view. So this would be the first pay-per-view after the pandemic started um, there that they had that awesome show from Daly's place. Um, the one with the, the stadium stampede. Mm. And I had just randomly uh, my, my phone rings. And it's the same thing as when you called me, it was a Facebook um, message call. Right. And it was, and it was this person that I hadn't spoken to in over a year and and i was like they must be butt dialing me and, you know so but i picked it up and uh and it was uh it was my friend um jennifer who some of you may know and her husband troy and they were just calling and he said you know what like we're just calling to let you know we love you and i'm like really wow and it's like yeah you know what like this and this is like we're two months into the pandemic and and he said you know we've just been trying to make a point of calling people just recently to kind of share that and uh, and it really meant a lot and like it interrupted the pay-per-view and it was like right in the middle of spring you know the spring stampede match so i was like stadium stampede match so i was kind of like in a way like i was like five percent <laughs> upset but um i was like super happy to to hear from them so if you like know have somebody that you know you're reading their comments and you think like hey you know what like this person needs to talk to somebody you never know that what kind of difference you can make in their life and mike helped me immensely and uh, i guess as part of your training with your job like you you said you work for the military and you you train people right so i i lead right now probably a section of about you know anywhere from 13 to 20 people depending on the ebbs and flow of the year and yeah, I, I, uh, you know, suicide prevention training, suicide awareness training, we have to do annually. Um, but I've never, other than just talking to people like on a daily basis. Um, and I think I've had to call an airman a couple of times uh, throughout my career. And I've been in the military for, um, for over 17 years. So it's, it is something that we're aware of, but it's not really anything that I get to act on too much. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think mm -hmm. that a lot of that a lot of the suicide prevention and suicide awareness happens long before you have to go out of your way to call somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so especially with this people, when it's people that you work with every day, you can kind of see some of the signs and, and I'm in a leadership position now. And so whenever I see one of my airmen, they're maybe they're not doing too well. I just, I'll pull them into the office and just kind of shoot the shit with them. And uh, I'd be like, look, I'm no longer Sergeant Gilbert. I'm you know, Mike. <laughs> just yeah it's just mike talking to airman whoever mike whatever their first name happens to be at that time and let's just let's just talk about how you're doing because a lot of these kids you know they, they come into the military they're 18 19 20 years old they got no education and they're they they talk to a recruiter and then they they leave their family for the very first time and they're coming to a place they've never been to before and they're expected to make all these new friends and a lot of people especially this this day and age, and especially during COVID, it is becoming more difficult to make friends because you're not really out and about meeting people right now. You're more isolated than ever. And so you you get some of these kids that they don't really know how to interact with people on a human level and in an intimate level. And so you got to kind of get that out of them a little bit and to talk to them and really get to know them. And it's been one of the challenges that I have faced as a leader in the military is to, to try to to try to learn that. Because I, I've always been kind of the guy where I, you know, I go to work and then once work is over, I'm just like, leave me alone. I just want to be with my family. Right. But you, you really can't do that anymore. You gotta, you gotta give everybody that a little bit of extra part of yourself as part of putting, you know, being in the military is you give, you give more of yourself than you would a normal job. Right. It's, it's what's expected of us. It's what our country needs. And that's kind of what we're doing here. Um, and so, and it's, you know, in my position, that's what I have to do to make sure that everybody's okay. And the mission gets done ultimately. Yeah. And obviously that's like super important. And what you talked about there is, is so key. Like it's getting involved um, before it becomes a crisis before, you know, like somebody's, you know, like, 
got a gun in their mouth or, you know, a bottle of pills in their hand or whatever. It's, you know, it's, it's intervening. So, you know, I, I think that's, uh, I'm just putting this up. This is a national oh, cool. hotline number. So if, if, you know, if, if people see that and, you know, hopefully nobody watching is feeling that, but you never know, right. You never know what people are going through. So, um, uh, it's, I, it's awesome that you brought that up. Like I said, I'm glad, like I, I brought it up and I didn't, I don't know <laughs> if you had that in your mind and that's what you I, always talk about anyways, or you just came I, to you or. Bro, I thought I was coming on a wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, shit. No, well, no, no, no I'm to, kidding. We'll, we'll have. Well, you know what? We will have. I'll have you back for sure. Uh, you know, in in you know whatever a month or so. I uh, I I'm trying. I'm going to do three of these a week, and uh, you know yeah. I'll try to rotate people in and out, and uh, we'll we'll talk about wrestling at some point. Maybe we'll talk oh, about know, music, baseball dude, movies. Oh yeah, dude! I talk about wrestling every single week, <laughs> and I'm about to add a second podcast to my I, resume about I wrestling. Heard. I, yeah. I don't want to talk about wrestling with other people anymore. That's I want to fine. talk, dude, I want to talk about life. I want to talk yeah. about music, movies. Well, the, um, the kids sports. in Halloween, you know, like that yeah. was cool. You know, that was a couple yeah. minutes of us talking about our kids, you know, and, and like anybody that knows me, like Emily is my life, you know, like yeah. she's, in, she's asleep now, but you know, like she's a full-time job mm -hmm. and uh, between her and my, her and her mom, like the two of us, like we, we have our hands full, but um you know she's she's a great kid and your your girl sounds awesome too she's only three like wow you three, got yeah how old are you uh dude i'm 38 got, 38 got, okay got started late in you know you're, you're like, closer in age to my oldest son than you are to me <laughs> you know it's funny everybody's like um man you you got started so late and i'm like trust me if if I would have had a kid ten years earlier, <laughs> I don't know that that kid would have survived because I was a complete mess of a human being. Like it, it, a lot of people didn't see it, man, but I was such a heavy drinker. Tell me about it. When I was twenty five years old, and I was just partying and carrying on. I I, I don't know that I would have been able to raise a child properly. I certainly wouldn't have been able to afford to, uh, to raise somebody properly. You know, thank thank God. You know, I recognized that I personally needed help, and I I raised my hand. And mm -hmm. I asked for help and I, you know, I got, I had the opportunity to go to rehab and to, and to, you know, kick the booze, man, which I, I've been yeah. on a pretty good run. I haven't had a drink in, uh, in over six, well, I haven't had a drink of alcohol in over seven years. And, um, after, after I got sober from alcohol, I did have an issue with, uh, some prescription medication. So that, that took me about like a year to kick, but I've been sober over six years now, completely off of everything. And That's awesome. if I didn't do that, I, I don't think that I would have been able to be the guy that gave you that call that day. I, and I certainly would, I certainly wouldn't be a good dad today or a good husband or even a husband at all. Honestly. I, um, I, I mean, we, we have obviously remarkably similar actually, because I had kids young, so that's the difference. But what you talk about, like not being ready, like that was me. And unfortunately, you know, you see that picture in the background there, the, um, the two, there we go. The, uh, the one on the, far left the older one that's my oldest son paul he's 30 now so he we had him when i was 20 and that poor kid and and his older sister alicia like we were not even close to being i wasn't close to being ready for to be a parent my wife was and thank god you know so those kids are okay but i was not a good father and i finally starting to get it right with emily so you know like she's nine so i'm 50 so i was 41 when I was ready to be a dad <laughs> and by <laughs> yeah. then my, my kid was 21. So, um, you know, you're right. And uh, all that stuff you talked about, like I went through all that too. Like I got sober when I was 27. So, um, you know, and I went, you know, I did, did the whole thing you're, you're doing. And, and even, I think when I talked to you that day, I think you were yeah. either heading somewhere or you were going to I talk was, to somebody. Yeah. I was going on my way to talk to my sponsor. And I'm like, yeah. uh, when I saw your, your stuff, I was like, what would my sponsor tell me to do? Yeah. And he would have said, you need to call this guy. And, yeah. uh, and especially, you know, is, is he someone that has had some alcohol issues in the past? Uh, well, yeah, I already knew that about you. So you were, yeah. I, I had to be the one to call you. It shouldn't have been yeah. somebody else. It should have been me. Right. And I, I, I will say like, I wasn't even close, like I wasn't going to get a drink or anything like that, but I was just, yeah. I was in a real bad place and, yeah. uh, and it really helped to know that somebody cared and that's what mm -hmm. I needed at that moment. You know, my wife was at work. My daughter was, you know, she's my daughter. She's not verbal. I know she loves me, but that's not what I needed at that moment. I needed a friend and you were there. So thanks a lot for that. 
Yeah, and you know what? I went a I went a little bit longer, but you know what? I'm <laughs> definitely going to have you back on for sure. Um, yeah. I hope people watch this and they weren't too bored. I hope it makes people think. <laughs> um, you know, maybe the topic next time will be a little bit lighter. Um, the guy that I was supposed to have on tonight, I think he's going to be on Wednesday. So cool. um, yeah, and uh, you you know him. Uh, I won't spoil it for anybody, but I will say because I I my guest on Friday is somebody that everybody knows, um, and it's uh, Promise Thomas. Antonio oh, cool. Promise Thomas. Yeah. So he's, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. I have a feeling it's going to have to do with shooter Jack, his kid. So, <laughs> um, you know, everybody wants to talk about their kids. So, yeah. Um, so Mike Gilbert, uh, again, the host of, uh, fight on fight game media, uh, Patreon group, uh, brace for impact and, uh, soon to be debuting a second podcast. And as well, you can check out the fight game media YouTube channel where Mike's got clips up going up all the time. And I'll have some going up too this week. Uh, one that I just recorded with Ryan Frederick, uh, where, where we talk about, um, uh, I don't remember what it was we talked about, but I remember it was hot and I wrote down the time. So I'll be surprised <laughs> when I record it. Uh, so for Mike, I'm Paul, I'm grandpa Des. Sorry. I don't want to break the gimmick. I'm grandpa Des. This has been, Hey Mike, what are you drinking? Oh, water, water. Okay. Straight water from, from is... the bottle. Oh, so that you're not going to be the whole uh, Street Profits gimmick? That ain't water. Um, <laughs> no, this, is, and this is coffee. Um, I, I would love to have coffee, Paul, but if yeah. I have coffee, there's no way I'm getting up at 5 in the morning tomorrow to get ready for work. It's just not if, happening. <laughs> if I don't have coffee, I don't go to sleep. It works wow. the exact opposite for me. It's like Ritalin. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's if I, like, if I don't have coffee, I can't sleep. So I, wow. I will literally have two of these a day. How, how do you take your How do you take your coffee? This one's black. Uh, and then yep, I'll have one and one and one when I want to treat. So okay. when I go to McDonald's, I'll have a one and one and, and that just goes down like candy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, I'll be back on Wednesday with a mystery guest, uh, mystery to everyone else, but me and Friday with promise Thomas. So let me know what you think. Uh, hit me up on YouTube, on the comments section on Twitter at Paul Ace Fontaine. Let Mike know at get up Mike on Twitter. Right. Uh, and uh, uh mike gilbert mike gilbert 311 oh really why, why did i think it was get up mike yeah i i because it was get up oh. Mike for a long time but i, I uh so yeah I, I switched my social media up a little oh, okay. bit i got a whole new gimmick now okay yeah, mike gilbert 311 okay cool <laughs> and or in the comment section on right on the channel you're watching right now let us know and these are going to go up live so i'll try to give people notice and then you can comment live with us if you want so i don't know if anybody's watching i doubt it but uh, <laughs> hopefully you'll watch later. And so we'll end because I think I might have started the recording just a little bit later. So I got to play the cool little jingle at the end. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. And uh, thanks a lot, Mike, for coming on. And we'll talk to you again. Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des. I got the broadcast was live. <laughs> Cup of Joe with Grandpa Des. There we go. Take two. I'm not selling it. I'm not selling it. We had 20 <laughs> minutes of golden video. It was I actually about, hit record. It was actually about seven to be, okay, that's to fine. be fair. To I work slow. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this is Jeff Hawkins. I'm Paul Fontaine. I poured my heart out on a podcast, and it's oh like, hey, I'm Jeff, so I forgot to record. Can we do it I over again? I just looked like, on the top. I'm wondering. We're getting no comments, and I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I don't have a ton of subscribers. The emotional uh, <laughs> resonance is dead. <laughs> Any so, comment, get back in character, Hawkins, and do it again. I, I want to thank Jeff for coming <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> I was um, – so you know what? I'm going to call him out. No, I'm not going to call him out, but I'm going to say the guy that I was supposed to have on oh. – uh, was supposed to be on Monday and then he couldn't, something came up and he couldn't do it. So Mike Gilbert thankfully filled in and we had a great show and then he was going to be on today. And then again, something came up. So I'm going to have him on and when you know, he comes maybe on, he we'll just doesn't want to be on your show. Maybe that he just doesn't want to talk to you. It's like, it's like be. a girl blowing you off. It's like, it's eh, put it this know. way. It's somebody, we both, wash my hair tonight. it's somebody we both know. And uh, when he comes on the show, it'll be a surprise show. Okay. I'll just say cool. that. No, that's okay. fine. In case you know who I'm talking about now. That's fine. Old scab Jeff coming on. Yeah. No. And Not you know what? In. So Jeff, what are you Old drinking? Reliable. 
What are you drinking? Like, because I know already. I wish I was drinking like, the bleach behind me, but instead I'm drinking this water. After it looks after. like a Yeti, a 64-ounce Yeti. It is a 64-ounce Yeti. It is a giant mm -hmm. cooler that keeps things ice cold that I take to the gym with me, and I'm just trying to get my trying to get my eight ounces or my eight glasses of eight ounces or whatever the hell you call it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm drinking just water. Trying to work off the COVID weight. So yeah. So what happened you was just going to fill in everything I said on the show before. No, no, we were having a great conversation and then I realized I hadn't hit record. So I know it's my bad. You know, it's the second show. You're the so guinea now pig. Now yeah, we're going to go a little blue. Yeah. I looked and when I looked at the link to see if it was broadcasting, when we started the show, we had 11 and now I've got 10. So um, I think maybe some people silence was off. more entertaining than this show. Well, or I promised a show yeah. to start at eleven o'clock, at twelve o'clock Eastern. Yeah, and it didn't happen. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, Jeff Hawkins of Shake Them Ropes is here, and uh, Jeff and the Dynamite um, Show and the Dynamite Show what and shit here. numerous on. other things. No, you know what? Shake Them Ropes is what everyone needs to see because you got to pay to hear the Dynamite Show and Shake Them Ropes is free as you yes. were saying yes. at the end of the podcast. Because no one would pay to listen to me, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know what? I will say though that you, you know, we were starting to talk about the whole grandpa thing and we didn't yeah. get quite into it. So what what I'll say is that um, I don't want to repeat what we talked about. That'll be just- Yeah, but we, we might be able to weave you, a little bit in and out. Between you and me. Um, but no, I, uh, I was not, you know, I, I had, I had the kids really young. We were 19 and 20 and, uh, you know, and, and that was the same as me. Like my mom was 16 when she had me. So you think I'm a young grandpa. My mom was 36. You're young in modern parlance, not for like the old West. Dad. No, but when I look at pictures of my grandparents, like yeah. I'm looking at them and, and like when 18, I was 19, when they had, yeah. Yeah. Like, so when I think of the first memories I have my grandparents, it was their 25th wedding anniversary. And I was a little like seven year old kid. And I was dancing with my cousin who, you know, was like, you think you're going to marry at that age. And uh, you're wearing our nice little, she's got a dress. I've got That's a how they do, Hold on. That's how they do it in your family, huh? No, it's just when you're five and seven, you think, actually know that's know, true. That yeah, happens yeah. she's the most beautiful girl in the world. Yeah. And I love my like Charlene is she's like my sister. Like okay. we're we still see each other at least once a week. It's like Dave and his cousin that just passed away, unfortunately. Like that that totally reminds me of the relationship I have with my cousin Charlene. So um I'd have her on, but she's very shy and everything. So, anyways, um, when I look at pictures of them, don't worry, like, you won't record it. That's okay. <laughs> in my mind. Like I picture them as being old people and they were the same age I am now, which fascinates me. In fact, they might've been younger, but that was a hard, if you were 45 in 1975, you're old. You, you lived a hard 45 years, mm -hmm. like 45 in 1975 is 65 now. Probably chain smoking. And yeah. Yeah. And you know, you got eight kids in a two bedroom house. And literally, like that's yeah. not even an exaggeration. Yeah. Like people listen to that and they think I'm nuts. No, that's what my parents lived with. And my dad, my my stepdad actually, he had he was a small family at the time. It was considered because he only had five kids, and they had lightning hit their house. It was in the paper, and the lightning bolt went right through their bedroom. My dad was in a crib, and his older brother was in a bed, and the lightning bolt hit right between them. I'm not even making this up. Like it was, it went right through the house. The house was on fire. They had to pull them out. Like they all, they all survived. Thank God. But, um, it was crazy. Well, that's, and, the, uh, that's the weird thing about age too, is that if you use it as a barometer of progress, it's either going to make you worried or depressed. So you can't, you know, yeah, it's one of those things like, especially in showbiz, it's milestones. Like, like, like when you were out here, like when I moved out here to the, the, thing was if you're not staff on a show by 25 i think or <laughs> you're not a showrunner by 30 your, your career's dead and so you always were and you know but when you're in that age you also don't know enough about life to really write good comedy and it, it's so weird that hollywood is a youth driven business when nobody knows dick until <laughs> they get about 30 for the most part it's like you know all your comedians who are really great yeah, they had, you know, they had a gift of some sort of delivery and stuff like that, at, you know, at a young age, fairly young age. Let's, let's put it that way. But as they got older, their material gets better because they have more life experience. They've mm -hmm. done more. And so, but it's also, but it's also weird because like all casting is like, we want someone 18 to 24 who 
who knows this, 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 and this. And you're just like, you're never going to find that. that. That's like a unicorn shit. Well, man. your your material is better. And you've also obviously got, you're a better performer. You're a better performer. You're, you're, you're better you're at delivery. Able to, you're able to read the audiences. You know, you get experience just like, like anything else. For me, it's like, I, well, I, had an anta- I had an antagonist relationship with audiences because I was scared of them. Uh, because I was, I was, I was always under the impression I was being judged, and I had so much of my identity wrapped up in my quote-unquote career. Because I started doing stand-up seventeen, eighteen in clubs, and it's like, you know, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you know you think this is going to be your life, life's work. You know, when you're booking gigs at eighteen, and you're just like, dude, I'm on fire right now. I'll be headlining. I'll have an HBO special by the time I'm twenty-two. Look at me, you know, kind of thing. But I had such I had crippling stage fright. Like I had to call really? my mom before shows, and I'd also you know I'd also drink once I came mm-hmm. of age. I, I didn't drink at all until I was twenty two, twenty three. Until I started doing comedy, I didn't really drink. I didn't drink in college. <laughs> oh God, yes. I, <laughs> one of my jokes was I wasn't cool enough to be offered drugs so I could say no. I used I mean, to I used to go get drunk like during youth group at church and then See, come back. yeah all the good all those good kids are all those church kids who were wild childs on saturday coming or on like saturday night coming in sunday sunday school hungover yeah and stuff and not me man straight as an arrow straight edge oh i wasn't straight edge by choice it was like, yeah, like involuntarily kids. straight edge because i was afraid of the because you don't have double jeopardy in my family my my dad was military and my mom was a school teacher my mom oh. was my school teacher for two my years. parents are both alcoholics so like it's like did you ever skip school hell no because i had my mom my junior and senior year <laughs> yeah i didn't me? i didn't actually skip school either but um one thing you know i haven't told you this uh i don't think and you can stop me if i have you watch. You obviously watched Last Comic Standing, and I remember you telling me you had some stories that you could share off air. And I'm not going to oh, ask you to booked. share them. It's book like yeah, yeah. Everybody who gets it, like they, they, they do. It's like American Idol does in in yeah. some ways. They, they, they have the people because they've made arrangements with agents and stuff like that. Yeah. Who gets into the house? Yeah, I believe the that. The, uh, the the tryouts are for B roll or, the, or for the you know. Reason the reason I ask you. Do you remember that the uh, gorilla that did comedy? Uh, was one of the early seasons. I can't oh, remember his name, God. but he was a gorilla. The whole gimmick was he was a gorilla and he did jokes. <laughs> no, I didn't watch all the season. I watched okay, first because okay. I did comedy with that fan for a while. I think and, he and might have been the second or third. So anyways, he, the, the guy's name under the gorilla costume was Dan Leacop. Have you ever okay. heard of, have you heard of him? No. Okay. So he, he's from Winnipeg. Okay. And we, me, him, and my buddy Daryl Lesage were, um, we we all did an open mic like a contest at Yuck Yucks in Winnipeg in 1992. Is there I anything think? worse than comedy club names? Ha ha's, yeah, Yuck yeah, Yucks. Yeah. We we finished like it was a citywide contest because there was three different clubs in the city and we it was like an eight week contest and we made it to the finals and I was third. My buddy Daryl was second, and Dan Leacop finished first. And Dan Leacop ended up pretty successful. Like he did the last comic standing. He did a couple shows in Canada, like on national TV. He was a regular on off the record with Michael Landsberg. Okay. And yeah. So, but I, I was doing comedy for, I got to the point where I was making money to do openers and I was doing, I did a couple minor tours. Like I went to Brandon, which is like two hours away and we performed in a, in a bar that that's always fun. Um, you know, they shut off the music so two guys could stand on a stage and do comedy for 10 minutes while everyone's waiting to hear music again. Um, but uh, I quit because I had my daughter was going to be born and that was going to be our second kid. And it was like, I'm not going to have time to be writing and going to comedy clubs at night and everything. So I basically yeah. gave up comedy. So when my when Parker Klein, my former Dynamite Show co-host, uh, had to quit the show to concentrate on his career and his kids at school. You know, he's a teacher. Um, that kind of reminded me of that, you know, like I gave up something I really wanted to do in order to, you know, do something more important. Yeah. I can, I get tell comedy stories, but I find them dull for the most part. I yeah, tell them, yeah. I tell them all, all the time anyways, but you know, <laughs> like, like, well, like we the guy, go. the guy who was part of my youth was Pat Oswald because he was my MC. Yeah. And oh, yeah. like I, I did my first, yeah, at, at a place called Kazi's in Newport News, uh, where I grew up. But uh, no, I did my first comedy show for an English project. 
Really? It, 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 you're supposed to do this this thing where you work all semester on a project, like a like a project of your choice or whatever, and then you present at the end. And I was like, well, you know, I've always been kind of funny and I've always liked stand-up comedy, so I'm going to try this. And of course, I didn't really... It's also something I didn't have to work at all that much. It's just like, and I had a bunch of jokes. I just had never like written them down and things like that. And so I go to Williamsburg Comedy Club, which is where uh, John Stewart actually started. <laughs> and I do, I do my show. And I mean, yeah, that's, you know, it's not great. I, I still remember the comedians who were on the bill too. Because Brian Haley was the MC that night. He later went on wings. He was the guy who took over for Thomas Hayden church. Oh, which is an interesting thing. I met him years later. I was like, hey, man, he helped me a lot. He goes, and he kind of remembered the conversation. And he remembered me because I, I, because Hampton Roads is such a huge military area. That's Virginia, yeah. right? Yeah. We had, we had, there's the, there was a military base for each of the four uh, branches, like within 20 minutes of my house. Uh, but it's one of those things where there were servicemen in the audience and they decided they were going to heckle the kid on open mic night. Oh, geez. Now, I was not as, I mean, I was already nervous. And so this is my first performance, blah, blah, blah. But I also had that instinct in me. And you've, you've kind of seen it where it's like, oh, you think you could take me on in a verbal <laughs> thing? And I went after these guys. And my oh, dad, they wanted to fight me after the show. And, and it was like where, where my dad was like my dad's table he was really proud of the set I did, but he also had to buy those guys drinks to calm them down because they're like, gonna kick they your started, ass. They started heckling me and I went after them. And for some reason it was just like a reaction type thing. It's like I'm not backing down from these guys because otherwise because I knew from watching and listening to I mean, there wasn't as many podcasts and things like that to learn from, but you know, that's your domain and you have to, you have to, you know, defend it. Otherwise they're just going to heckle the fuck out of you <laughs> all the time. So yeah, it was like that. But the thing for me that became a real problem was like my quote unquote career, you know, I'd written TV shows and things like that. You know, I wasn't huge in it, but you know, I had a, had a cup of coffee as we like to say in the industry, but my career was virtually done by 24 or 25. Uh, and then I went into improv, which is a different form of comedy, but it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you go home or you go to visit a friend from college and you go in bar hopping or where you know, this is my friend. He's a comedian. And it used to just tear me apart because I really wasn't doing comedy all that much. And it's like the, the identifier type of thing, which is why I brought up the Grandpa Dez thing. Yeah. It's like I, I ask if that ever bothers anybody else because like eventually I got comfortable with it. But there's also that weird thing when you introduce your comedian friend that becomes the old West. Hey, this is the fastest gun in the West. Oh, yeah. Let's see it. You know, kind oh, of yeah. thing. They, they, yeah, they ask. Yeah somebody else did a joke once it's like it's the only profession where they ask you to do the profession right in front of them right at that time yeah tell me a joke thing. what was like, your nobody, best joke? yeah you know, the, the old hack joke nobody ever asked a doctor okay perform an appendectomy yeah. in front of me type of thing yeah I, and it started to eat at me a bit like i wasn't even like i was teaching improv but i wasn't performing it because yeah. even in la it's kind of cutthroat at times i'm a very good i'm big in other places just not my hometown, which was just weird as well. It was like, I was a rock star in Philadelphia. <laughs> and it's like, I come to LA and I'm nobody. And it's such a crushing veracity. And what helped me get through was my faith for the most part. Cause it's like, look, you're not yeah. here. There's something higher. So just identify yourself as, you know, a child of God, blah, blah, blah. I was lucky. Thing. I never, I never got out of Winnipeg. So, um, you know what I should have, uh, and, and like, I, I, I went to LA way too soon. I mean, I, I had a, I had, you know, a strong lead on a job in television when I went out, but my standup, even though I'd, I'd been doing one nighters and weekends doing openers, I never got up to mid on the East coast. I was always opener type of thing. I, if I had stayed local and really honed it, because what happens is you get to LA and you have to start over pretty much. I mean, even headliners, like a guy by the name of Bob Marley that I knew, you know, he got to LA and I knew him as just a consummate club comic on the east coast gets out to la and nobody knows him and he eventually you know he, he's doing open mics at the laugh factory and eventually gets on there but it, you know it, it's it can be like the day i quit doing stand-up i'm doing this i'm doing this showcase show and it's one of those things where the comedian books all his friends 
and a bunch of young comics for oh, the bringer geez. for the audience. And I had three friends in the audience because, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't done it in a while. So, you know, you know, once your friends see you once, they never want to see you again. So it's one of those things where you kind of space them out. But I mean, I was a known quantity to this guy. I was funny. You know, he knew he knew me from other clubs and that's why he kept booking me. He knew I could kill. But this was like a six hour comedy show total. And like all his friends go up. All all of the, the people, you know, who were booked, who were young, some of them just trying shit out. And this is their first, uh, you know, showcase or whatever. And, you know, and I'm I'm last. Quote unquote, the headliner not really after a six hour show, but the guy MC is introducing me and uh, the booker comes up to me behind me and he goes, uh, yeah, Jeff, uh, you're required to bring four people and you only brought three. I'm cutting your time by two minutes. And I, wow. And, and it's like, and here's Jeff Hawkins. Hey, you kind of thing. And I, <laughs> I am livid. I am absolutely fucking livid at this guy because it's like, look, I'm really one of the only people who brought people to this fucking dump of a show that you're running here even though i liked the club his i mean they watched your hack ass shit you know just everybody doing the same fucking seven minutes over and over and over again it's just marathon marathon of a show everybody's tired you've worn out the audience because you've had 30 comics on this show to really pack them in and now you're telling me I have to cut two minutes off my bit and i don't know what two minutes of material i have because i had it timed out pretty well to the second, I just went fuck this because I love. That's like the poor wrestlers that get time shaved yeah. as they're going through the curtain. Well, li- like I said, everything about comedy being on the stage, I love. Mm-hmm. It's the shit behind the, the scenes. Yeah. You know, like you know, half the comics are booking hot chicks and they can get laid. It's <laughs> just there's a lot of ridiculousness that that goes on there, and you just. But I did. It's weird because I I've been out of the game for at least three generations of comics now <laughs> it feels like that because i think it's like you know three years is pretty much a generation or whatever but yeah. i did i did an open mic for the first time last thursday really wow. I, had, I had covid material i wanted to try because it, it was funny to me and i tried it out on some friends and they really liked it and it worked and it was great i'm just worried about comedy now yeah i, I don't think comedy even, can live in this i fucking can't day. even imagine and i don't mean to stage. sound like a fucking boomer like seinfeld yeah. and Chappelle and burr but dude i'm watching these kids <laughs> and look I, i'm used to the hey anybody smoke weed yeah you know kind of thing yeah. but nobody can laugh at themselves like i had somebody getting offended at open micers and you're like why are you doing this? And they're pretty much were using their identity. Yeah. As kind of leverage type of thing. Like they went up there and they, they said what they were and they held for applause. And you're just like, God, that's the, that's the end that you got to like. I was, I was the ninth lead on, uh, on a, on a fa- ABC family show that got canceled after seven episodes. Well, no, no, no. I meant, I meant oh. uh, sexual identity. Oh, oh, geez. Okay, sorry. And I, and they they were they were like, and I'm after straight? the show, and after the show, I'm <laughs> I, yeah. Honestly, well, after the show, I'm listening to them talk, and they're like, well, those bigots out in the audience didn't find me funny because blah 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 blah, oh. and they're 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 complaining oh. about that and this and the other. Well, you brought like, it up, and it's like, well, I I did not talk to them about this because that's not my gig. I don't do that, yeah. but I'm watching. I'm like, but I've had this issue teaching improv as well now because. It's like everybody, like you are taught as an actor to play not stereotypes per se, but archetypes. Mm -hmm. And you can't play archetypes of other than yourself because then you're offending somebody's experience and stuff like that. And I look, I'm empathetic to that. But at the same time, you should have no sacred cows in comedy to me. You should not. When you're on stage, you should be Teflon in some ways. And the problem is... To me, a lot of comics, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I watch them, even headliners, and they're more dogmatic than funny. They're very, like, they want to be the activist comic and things like that, and I get that, but I think Norm MacDonald said it best, and I've met Norm a few times, I've talked to him, I used to write, I used to ghostwrite jokes for Dennis Miller for his radio show. Oh, wow. 
late in his career. Another one of uh, my favorites. I love Dennis. I love yeah. Dennis Miller, but and and his whole tree, coaching tree of Norm and Drake Sailor, who was one of the darkest human beings alive and stuff like that. But uh, like Norm said it best, he goes, "If you're if they're clapping instead of laughing, you're not doing your job." Exactly. And I agree with that. And that's and good, that was good. that was actually a lesson Mantra. I had to learn too, especially in improv, because in improv I wanted to give depth to scenes and shit like that. It's like let's make this mean something, blah blah blah. And you can do that without getting preachy about like but that's not stand up that's not but that's not stand up either yeah, but yeah. but at the same time it suffers from the same kind of thing yeah. at times i mean improv's you know almost dead in this country anyways because of, of the covid <laughs> stuff because theaters yeah. need to teach classes to survive and it's hard to do a class on zoom stand up yeah, start, stand up starting to come back because they could do outdoor shows and shit like that here but you know, and then, and then you've too. also just got the whole culture of, you know, like so many things you just, you can't go there, you know? And I mean, you can, we but had there, that in, whole, it, yeah. in improv, we had a big me too type of thing, Yeah, which was because, you know, that's how, that's how actors who can't properly <laughs> deal with people meet yeah. women. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of grooming going on in improv, which is just creepy. I was never my thing because yeah. I was never that cool. I was always I was always <laughs> the crank you got after you went through like every level. I was like your graduate level professor who was going to tell you you sucked for a while until you until you warmed up to me or something like that. But uh, well, before we get too seriously into Me Too, which is a subject I don't want to talk about. No, I'm not going to talk. Yeah, about that. so let's uh, let's wrap it up because we are we've actually let's gone. Right. Well, no, before say, we move on to something else, no. let's wrap no, it up. Because we, like, no, we've gone good. like we are honestly. We, went we have gone too than, long. I yeah, apologize. which is fine. And you know, honestly, and for those that didn't see it, well, which is all of you. And we didn't talk about my personal life, which is what no. we missed when we originally yeah. went on air. Yeah, and mine too. So we'll do that another time. Well, I'll have you on again at some point. And I'll give you plenty of notice next time. Hey, yeah. Well, will I be replacing? somebody that time because no, that would be the no. best bit. although it's real handy gonna be the matt damon of your yeah. show i'm gonna when be the guy who comes yes when we're already staying together so but i will say uh what you guys got to look forward to all things going well and i should know better than to promote things that i haven't actually happened yet but Sell i've it, got come on. i've got uh promise thomas coming up on friday's show and uh and then on monday i've got um steve geimer from uh fight game uh fight game group uh, next Wednesday, I've got um, uh, Christy Petrillo, and we're going to be doing a show about uh, Last American Virgin, as I mentioned. I think in the unrecorded portion, I talked about that. So. No, you talked about it on the, on the fight game. Oh, did yeah. I? Okay. Yeah, on, on the oh, radio yeah. show. That's going to be that's going to be radio and then next, podcast, whatever. A week is. from Friday, so I've actually got the next two weeks booked. Uh, Filthy Tom Lawler on nice. uh, yeah, a week from Friday, and then a week from that, I've got Darlene Schacht, who is uh, Time Warp wife. Uh, very, very uh, famous in social media, Christian circles, but she's also my aunt and she's nice. a best-selling author. She's got several books that have made the Amazon bestseller list. Um, so she's going to come on with me and uh, yeah, we've got some other things in the works too. So I want to thank Jeff for coming on uh, again. Uh, thanks for uh, checking it out. Uh, like and subscribe if you don't mind and leave comments. I uh, appreciate all the feedback we got for the first show. And uh, I, I appreciate your time, Jeff. Thanks for filling in on short notice. Anytime you want to do a Rogan three-hour one, you can just start and I'll just talk for three hours. Cool. Great. And as I as you've been seeing on the bottom of the screen, Jeff's on Shake Them Ropes at uh, Voices of Wrestling as well as Crap Game 13 on Twitter. And you can check out our YouTube channel, Fight Game Media, as well as the Patreon, patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. So for uh, Uncle Crappy, I'm Grandpa Dez. <laughs> Till next uncle. time. Later. Wahoo wah. Whoa. Cup of Joe with Grandpa Dez. I love that. I love the Tim Hortons too. Yeah, this is uh I get that same reaction every time so far. So yeah. I'm glad you like my little professional theme song. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So uh if you don't know, I'm I'm joined today by uh, my good buddy uh promise or as we uh I, I in the show notes or in the description you'll see on youtube i wrote antonio the promise thomas santel matera that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what my my son has what do we what does he go by is it jack santel jack promise Antonio? so he's yeah so what's, what's he name, gonna be well i mean it's jack matera but like, well his name his legal name is john edward matera oh really so oh, okay but but, but 
through history, there's been John's that's been their legal name, but they call him Jack. So we wanted something very strong and simple and we like Jack. So I like um, shooter Jack. That's shooter Jack is that's what yeah. that's LaRocca LaRocca calls him. Yeah. With yeah. his little fists. Yeah. Oh, he's that's ready. Awesome. He's yeah. that's why I'm that I'm in his nursery here. Yeah. Uh, I made uh there's some eighties oh, rookie wow. cards from yeah, hold on. I'm gonna that's so cool. Man, I up. wish I had you as my dad. <laughs> so my dad got, was just a drunk. So oh, wow. That is that who's okay. So is that Bo Jackson? Bo Jackson, Ricky Henderson, Yaz? Clemens. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no, I got a Yaz one. Hold on. Okay. Uh, well, who's, who's the guy beside beside Bo? Oh, that's Bog? No, that's Mattingly. Mattingly. No, who's beside Bo? Oh, Who Roger that? Clemens. Oh, Clemens. Okay. Yeah. Clemens. I didn't recognize him because he's so young there. Ozzie oh, Smith, yeah. Tony Gwynn, oh, cool. and then over here I got a Red Sox one. Of, oh, wow. There's a Yaz reprint, but all the others. Oh my God! Are that's so awesome? Yeah, and then above his changing table, we got this Michael, Michael. Jordan. Awesome. So he loves he loves the colors, and yeah. uh, he's already uh, <laughs> he loves watching SmackDown, and he, he loves watching football because of the you should the put out you should watch nxt with them like that the, oh, the colors on there he'll love I it don't, i mean i don't <laughs> you can't stand the wrestling yeah <laughs> i don't i haven't i've watched the first couple weeks but um we so watched, what's the, the gimmick here is we're, we're supposed to be drinking but you're so portable i bet you're I actually, not what do you have no i i have a buy mm. drink right here a coconut that's cool buy. yeah so this is um, coffee one cream one sugar from mcdonald's okay all right. Yeah. I yeah. love McDonald's coffee. It's oh, the, it's awesome. Uh, Paul Newman. Well, I don't know in the in it's different in the states, but in Canada, we have uh, the McDonald's has the same brew as Tim Hortons had up oh. until about 2010. Okay. So they used to have the worst coffee in like on the planet, yeah. and uh, now it's good. And the Tim Hortons is still good. They just have a slightly different brew. I'm. So. Uh, we went away for our this weekend for our. Uh, we stayed at a courtyard Marriott in the Berkshires, West, um, oh, nice. Western Mass. So we, they had a Starbucks downstairs and you had to pay. They didn't have the oh, wow. coffee or anything. I hate Starbucks. I'm a very, I'm a 99 cent coffee guy. <laughs> like, um, but, that's uh, the best thing about McDonald's coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, 99 cents. It's great. Yeah. I need coffee today because I'm, um, I didn't sleep well last night. The oh, no. shooter, shooter's sleeping better. He's given us a couple, three, four hour chunks at night. Well, that's all right. But I got my, uh, I got my booster yesterday, so I'm a little oh, okay. Um, I was able we, to work out today, but I'm just like, we got our scheduled for uh, December 10th, so we are eligible okay. November 30th, and then the first appointment my wife could get was December 3rd, but that's her birthday, so she didn't want to. Okay. She didn't have a reaction last time, but you don't want to take a chance. So yeah, we're, we're probably going to go out for supper on her birthday. And cool, you know, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. my my birthday is the 13th, December 13th. Okay. Cool. So my um, wife's I'm, getting my wife's getting hers. Um, I'll send you a Tim Hortons card Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Don't know if you'll um, ever be able to use it. But uh, uh, no, no, we have, there, there's Tim Hortons. Here. Oh, are there? Oh, cool. Yeah, they sell the they sell the coffee in uh, um, like Target and the grocery stores. So you know, so, so you I got, got I got my Expos, Expos hat. Yeah, yeah. I they may come cat. back. I, I I keep hearing the the Rays. They may they're trying to move the Rays to Montreal. Half I, I hope that happens. Half the games. Yeah, that would be perfect because they're in the same division as the Blue Jays. And if mm -hmm. the Expos do come back, they got to be in the same division. That was a big mistake that they made when they first started. I was just listening to a podcast where they talked about that. They talked with the guy who was kind of running the Blue Jays at the time. And he said that they wanted to be in the American League. But the American League at the time, the American League and the National League were completely separate. And they, they basically said, we don't want any expansion teams right now. So that's yeah. why they didn't get the the Blue Jays and so the Blue Jays or, or the National League, I should say. So the Blue Jays and the Mariners both went to um, to the American League and, you know, yeah. the Expos and the Jays never actually played until I don't think they ever played because I think Interleague came in after the Nationals. Uh, no, like they played. Uh, no, they, 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 they might have. In, Interleague came in in 96, I think. No. Oh, OK, OK. And, 90, and the move happened in 05. So, yeah, they, they went in a few years then. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, there was the one year, I think 94 would have been the year that they, they yeah. would have maybe made the playoffs and played each other. Oh, they, they would have. They had the best yeah. record. Yeah. They, they would have been the best record. World Series. The Yankees, I think, had it in the in the AL. But um, yeah, that was the team with um, they had oh. John Wetland, they had Jeff Facero, Pedro yeah. Martinez, Rondell White, Will Cordero. Didn't they have um, Walker? Larry, uh, I think they did have him at that time. They had Cliff Floyd, um, and the Jays still had most of their world. I think most of their World Series team, maybe like two thirds of it. They were under five hundred that year. I think. Oh, okay. So they wouldn't have made the playoffs then, probably. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, I know the Red Sox were horrible that year because I (laughs) went to a game. They had like Billy Hatcher leading off. That was a year before they had Mark Witten. Um, but, uh, um, oh yeah, yeah, the, no, the Jays I were 16 back. Yankees won the division that year. Orioles okay. were five back. Okay. So, yeah. Well, Orioles, Orioles had a good Google team. Google was awesome. Good team in the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The I mean, Ripken was still there and, um, I don't even remember my, I've been, I've been playing a lot of OOTP lately. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever played that? It's awesome. It's so addictive, man. (laughs) It's like you can start at any team in any year and just you take over the team and, and it starts from there. And then you, you know, within five years, it looks nothing like real life. And so, (laughs) and yeah, so I took over the, the first time I played, I took over the 89 J's and, or 85 J's. And I won in, by 2015, I had won like five world series. So that that was cool. Yeah. I used to. I used to have make seasons on Tommy Lasorda baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for the Genesis. So I would play like 106. I played 154 games. Okay. And then uh, my guys would have ridiculous stats. So, <laughs> yeah, like I'm simming most 90s. of them. So yeah. it's really cool. Like, I, I managed to trade for Barry Bonds at one point, and my team did really well for like two years. And then they went in the tank, and I couldn't trade Bonds. Cause his, cause his contract was too high. Nobody would take him. So by the time his contract was like, he had two years left. Cause I signed him for like an eight year deal. Mm-hmm. And, and my team was like, they won 70 games and wow. I couldn't, nobody would take bonds. So I just wow. basically had to let him go. Like I traded him for parts, you oh, know, man. and then, and then my team went in the tank for like two years, but then they won a world series like three years later. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's just like real life. It's so addictive. I like we play in a lot of the same fantasy yeah, leagues yeah. and I got into I I can't stand season long NFL fantasy. Oh. It's I got into a dynasty league last year. Brian Malonis is in there. Um Flex Rumble Crunch runs it. Um it dynasty is and it's IDP. So you have defensive players. Oh, okay. It gives it gives a true um, you know. Yeah, season long is hit or miss, but you yeah. can trade draft picks. You can trade oh. all year round. Um, like I traded, I had an owner that wanted Jerry Judy for Denver, so he offered me, um, just wanted him, just likes you know. He offered me T Higgins and two third round picks for Jerry Judy. So I'm like, T Higgins is pretty much. Yeah, just is a better quarterback. Way so you're better free, quarterback. You're basically getting two free draft picks. So I'm getting two th- free draft picks. Who? Yeah, like um, Rondale Moore was taken in the third. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, Chuba Hubbard. So you're getting you're getting good rookies because the rookies go into the draft, and then you're getting guys like Gronk or James yeah. Conner. You know. So, so in these in this dynasty league, then it's not just like you have like two keepers. This is like you're keeping the whole no, team. You get to keep 20. You have your taxi league, oh, which wow. is rookies. You can keep okay. up to five taxi league, and then you can keep up to 20. So um God, I kept uh Robbie Anderson was kept in one league this year, and he's been just horrible. But uh but yeah, it's two quarterbacks. Um it's fun. It's different. Yeah. I joined oh, a, yeah. uh, I joined a, a, a dynasty baseball league where they have an auction and you can, that's what I would want to be in. Like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know if there's a, okay. um, sure. Yeah. If there's a spot. Cause there's uh finished... Oh yeah. You'll take my money. <laughs> no, I finished. <laughs> so bad. I was in, I was in first, <laughs> but I messed up on the innings limit. Yeah. So the other, I, I... the Roto Roto, I, I won AL and NL. I crapped um, out in baseball this year so bad. 
Well, you I had uh, you had your uh, you set your auto auction wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you had like eighty seven dollars yeah. for Trevor yeah. Bauer. <laughs> I well, I just because I was driving and I'm like, yeah. and I'm trying to. I just I should have just let it auto draft and and I just I I sometimes you get fixated on a player. Like a couple years ago, I mean, it worked for me because I got Jacob Degrom, but I paid way too much for Jacob Degrom. But then he just he went crazy, and you yeah. know he had an awesome year. And then I think I was, but then you can't keep them; you only get them for the one year. So you know, fifty yeah, bucks for... was high when I got them, but by the end of the year, it looked like a bargain. Um, yeah, because keepers were single digits, ten, so ten nine, bucks or yeah, bucks under ten bucks, yeah. Like I, had, I got Walker Bueller for two years in a row because I picked him up on waivers and then I got to keep yeah. him the next year. So that, that, I mean, that basically got me the, in the money for two years in a row. Picking well, I up got, Walker I got Bueller a, on waivers. I got a nice jump start because I had Corbin Burns as a keeper for a buck. <laughs> yeah. I kept Dominic Smith and Alec Baum for a buck. They sucked. But yeah. I then got uh, Freddie Peralta for 10 bucks. So you pair. Um, at, that's what I found, man. Pairing. Yeah. You get two aces like that or two guys that have great ratios and, and can strike out guys, then you can just shuffle and stream the, the rest of the pitching staff. And my my AL, I had a choice between there's two mistakes I made in the AL draft. I picked um I had a choice between Biggio and uh and I can't remember who else, but whoever it was, I picked Calvin Biggio and he just yeah. terrible. And yeah. then I'm sitting there in like the eighth round and I'm looking at Randall Gritchuk and I'm like, he's not even going to play. And no, he had you a know good what? Year. He had a good, like, he didn't have a great year, but he had like yeah. for an eighth round pick, he had a great year. And yeah. I just let him go because I figured, you know, they, they were so low. They had Springer, Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel, like at best he's a fourth outfielder, but between the injuries and everything, like, he had 25 homers at the all-star break, I think. Yeah. And then he real tailed off in the second half, but I probably would have traded him. And, uh, you know, so yeah, those were the two mistakes in the, in the NL, like I had a good team, but I had injuries like Cody Bellinger barely played and Ronald Acuna, you know, that was my top player. And yeah, you can't do anything about that. So yeah, you had, um, I think, yeah, you, I had like the six pick. I took Bogarts in AL uh, then, yeah, he had a good I remember year. you took um who he's fine. I took he Bo. And so I had Bo and I was like, wow, and that's, Vlad. That's a and, little early, but Bo Bichette had he's a first yeah. round pick. He yeah. was like 29 and 29, 100 RBIs, 100 runs. Stunned. I Vlad Stunned. was still there in the second round and I could have grabbed him. I, I think, think Derek took him at the turn. Okay. He took, so I could have yeah. So I probably could have got Vlad in the first and Bo in the second. If I would have uh, really would have been know. tough because the Jays went early, like a lot of the top Jays, like we, people were real high on the Jays coming off yeah. last year. Yeah. So, and next Springer, year, I mean, Springer went early. Yeah. You won't do that next year, but no uh, Springer's. Ooh, I, I don't know. Like I I'm hoping ooh. they get Simeon and Ray and I got Ray on a trade. That was, that was pretty Oh yeah, yeah. Ray was, people were yeah. done with him coming from Arizona. Yeah. And I got him for cheap. Yeah. Hey, yeah. let me ask you this. I yeah. think the days of Mike Trout going number one are like the far and away number one pick are over. Oh yeah. Who I I gotta think Otani first pick, but who who else for well, AL? Well, okay. Can you do you get both stats? Yeah, if you get both stats. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, if you get both stats of Otani, but otherwise, I think it's Vlad. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or um, I mean, yeah, I don't think Marcus Simeon's gonna have as good a year as he did last year. Um. Trying to think he who finished, else other than the he Jays. finished third in 2019. He finished. He's going to be third this year race. too. He'll be third this year. He'll be but behind Otani and Vlad, I think. Yeah, you, Otani's getting it. Yeah, yeah. He he had to set a record for most home runs by by a second baseman, like all time. Oh, Semyon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like he. Uh, yeah, Davey Johnson had the record. Yeah. I think in like 72. For I remember Baltimore. you you texted me the day the Jays signed him. And I had no idea who he was. Like, really? Because I'm I'm a huge baseball fan. Like, I watch every single day, but all I watch is the Jays. Yeah. So, you know, I looked at his stats, and I just looked at last year, and it was like he was like 218, and you know, three home runs or something. And and but but because he had a bad year in the short season, but he had really good playoffs, and he had had the you know the the MVP quality year the year before. So, yeah, um, he was great. So they they got Robbie Ray and him and Stephen Matz. They got to resign. Um, I think they're going to get Matt's, but I don't think they're going to get the other two. I, uh, Ray's got to be the focus, I think. But yeah, 
Well, you told so, me about Jordan Romano two years uh, ago. You're like, yeah. watch this kid. Yeah. And um, Julian him up on waivers. was out. What's that? I got I got Romano on waivers this year. Yeah, he was he was out there because who was yeah. the who was the closer to start the oh Lee, um not Hendrick. It was supposed to be Kirby Yates, but he yes. he got injured before the season started and he never played. So they paid five million dollars for nothing. <laughs> do they still do they have Giles or is that Ken Giles? No, no, or is that Giles. Seattle. Seattle, I don't even right? know what happened to him, but I know they don't. He's not on their team anymore. Tommy John, okay, yeah, and and Yates is. I think he, it was just a one year deal, so I mean they could resign him if they want to, but I mean they got yeah, Romano, they, they don't need to, that. yeah. Right. So yeah, we're we're almost. I mean, we're actually a little bit over what I intended to do. So I mean, we feel like we're barely getting started, but uh, you know, it's <laughs> a good okay. conversation, and uh, we can you know, run it back. We can, yeah, run it oh back. for sure, I'll definitely have you back on. Um, if you haven't seen it or if anyone out there listening hasn't seen the first two shows, the first one with Mike Gilbert of uh, Brace for Impact podcast was uh, we got a lot of positive feedback on it. It went in a direction I wasn't expecting and uh, and and we got a lot of good feedback on that one. And uh, last night, well, last night as we're recording, two days ago as people are watching because this will air on Friday, um, we had Jeff Hawkins and uh, we had a nice conversation about comedy and growing up as church kids and all this. And uh, uh, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. See, we could have gone there. So check I got that kicked, one out. I got kicked out of CCB uh, my junior year in high school year. Uh, I was making my confirmation. I so. have a feeling your childhood went a lot better than mine and Jeff's. Just, just you know, based we on can, your looks. We can. We, t- we, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. No, no, no. I wasn't. Um, I was always cute, but I wasn't. Uh, you know, physically Jeff, Jeff or... was, Jeff was the guy who, you know, just sat in the corner and, you know, like didn't say anything to anybody and, and didn't say boo, never skipped school. I was, I tried to be a rebel and I was the one who would skip, go from youth group. I'd go get drunk and then come back to youth group. And <laughs> I used to get in trouble and all, all my church friends would get in trouble for hanging out with me. Um, you know, and then I kind of smartened up when I turned 40, <laughs> no, like 27 to be fair, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, we're having a lot of fun. I got guests lined up for next week already. Um, cool. and yeah, and, and we'll have you back on for sure again next yeah. time. And maybe, you know, at some point we'll have shooter Jack on, <laughs> we'll get shooter Jack to do a cameo. Yeah. He's gotten shout outs on like four yeah. different podcasts. So well, there you go. Make it five. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so uh, yeah. So for, um, for uh, promise, I'm Paul, and this has been Cup of Joe with Grandpa Dez. Cup of Joe with Grandpa Dez.